FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. We're rolling. Wait! Just kidding. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 154 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, Psycho Blaster Venable. And I'm Cameron si- Oh, screw <laughs> it. I just, start, just go out and... Start over again. Start over again. I just do your part. Okay. And I'm Cameron Dazzle Blaster Sinclair. And, and we're... Together- <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? And together we're... Oh, oh, okay. just saying. All right, that's fine. I'm trying to do the Captain Planet thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, what are we saying? And together, or, or whatever, what do you want to say? <laughs> whatever you want to say. I don't care. And let's just do, yeah, the, the together doesn't make any sense. Okay. And we're the Blast Brothers. Right. One, Or let's two. do Blaster Brothers, because that helps the... Okay, all right. Okay. One, two, three. And, and we're, we're the Blaster, Blaster Brothers. Brothers. I forgot to do the... Let's do, the, do it again with the clap in the middle. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we're... <laughs> All right, you ready? <laughs> I don't even know if this is gonna work because it's gonna time out on the uh, online stuff. But all right, ready? One, two, three, and, and we're, we're the blast. <laughs> I'm keeping all of this. This is terrible. <laughs> I promise you, this is less of a waste of a time than the comics we're about to talk about. That's, let's do it one more time. One more time. All right. We're going to get it. I'm Jason, Psycho Blaster Venable. And I'm Cameron, Dazzle Blaster Sinclair. And, and we're, we're the Blaster, <laughs> Blaster Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> That's amazing. How's our clap timing off so badly? I, I blame the Wi-Fi. Yeah, there you go. The aspect ratio or whatever. Time. Temporal flux. Something. Temporal flux. Yes. The flux capacitor. Exactly. We, because technically, because you're west of me, you are in the past. True. If you yeah, adjust well. real-time time zones <laughs> based on where the moon and the sun is right now, you are in the past of me. I mean, probably only a couple of minutes, but still. I'm your shadow. Ooh, nice. Well, so anyway, Shadow, Bla- Shadow Blasters. <laughs> That's, That's my the, new comic the third brother. Yeah. That's our loser brother. Yes, the one that no one likes. <laughs> he's clearly the emo brother because he's Shadow Blaster. <laughs> Life is so sad. <laughs> my other brothers are off blasting things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway (laughs) we're gonna talk about wolverine year 13 part one we have three issues of uncanny x-men 214 through 216 and then i'm going to bore you with a little bit of mephisto at the end it's a rough uh rough patch to go through these and then also mephisto (laughs) yeah i decided to pile all the crap together yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows what we'll think about these comics. 
Yeah. I'm by, sure. by crap, you mean complete classics. Yes. Golden Age. Not really yes. Golden Age. Silver I mean, Age. Complete, you know, rad, awesome. Uh, Fantastical. No, what's... I, I need to wrap it ra- back around to comics. Comics, really awesome. What? I don't know what you're P. doing. Uh, we're, we're making crap mean something cool. Oh, with a, with a fun doing, little acronym. You're doing an acronym. Okay. <laughs> or an anagram? No, that's a little backwards. Anagram? I don't know. That's when it's the word. Just, I don't know. Whatever. Anagram. That's when the little orphan Annie comes and gives you a message, right? I think so. Yeah. I ordered an anagram for you. Anagram. That makes sense. And it always says, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> what does Annie have to do with Ovaltine? Isn't that the show that he's watching in the Christmas, or the, that he's listening to on the radio in A Christmas Story? <laughs> Isn't it Little Orphan Annie? Or is it something I don't else? I oh. And he gets a decoder ring and he's all excited for the secret yeah. message and it's just a commercial. That's really funny. I did. I don't remember what show he was listening to, but that sounds I feel right. Like it was. No, I don't remember. I'll have to wait till. What is, it, is it Thanksgiving that it's on all day, or is it uh, actually uh, later? That sounds there? right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll be there for you know it. All right. Can't wait. Can't wait. My sister hates that movie. Why? I don't know. Okay. Everyone else in my family loves it, but she hates. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is. Oh well, Weird. sisters will be sisters. Yeah. Right. I sisters be whatever. <laughs> it's midnight at the Apollo. <laughs> Can we talk about everything except for these comics? <laughs> no, I can't wait to talk about these comics. Yeah, you're right. So, without further ado, here. What? Adieu. Adieu, adieu, adieu. 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 All right. Adieu. Adieu. Yeah, what is that? What is that from? Sound of music, Sound of music. that's right. Over the hills it. are alive with the sound eyes. of you. Ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's enough. Let's talk about some comics, huh? Okay. All right, here we go. Ba-dump. All right, let's get our dazzler on. Huh? Huh? Le- eh? Le- Elbow Le- nudge on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. So first thing we're going to talk about is Uncanny X-Men number 214. This is Yamaha. No, wait, that's not the title. What's the title? Yamaha. <laughs> that's the first word on the first page. But this is Yamaha. With Malice Toward All, which is written by Chris Claremont and pencils by Barry Windsor Smith. Bob Wyacek does the inks. Glennis Oliver does the colors. Tom Orchakowski does the letters. And old BWS also does the cover. Now, I'm not going to lie. I actually kind of really like this cover by Barry Windsor Smith. I think it's kind of pulpy looking. It's a little too bright to be pulpy, like the color-wise. But just kind of the the pose and the, I don't know, you have like the girl, the pretty girl in the ripped dress almost being seductive looking, and then you have like the punky girl in the back, almost like the monster. It's just kind of a pulpy feel to the layout of it. I enjoyed it. What do you think of the cover? Um, I thought it was okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I get, I get what you're saying. I think um, Teenage Cameron would have loved the cover a lot more than 
thirty something Cameron does. But I don't know. It, it's 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 cool. I, I you know I just hate Dazzler so much. Yeah, but you pretend it's not Dazzler. Yeah, I guess that's true. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So it's Storm uh, basically subduing Dazzler, and she has some face uh, coming out of Dazzler's neck. Yeah, and that's pretty much a cover. Hey, yes. am I mistaken? Probably. Or hasn't there already been an issue titled with malice toward all? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I feel like because there's a there's an Abraham Lincoln biography called "With Malice Toward None." Okay. And I feel like I remember us having a conversation about that being a play on. I mean, that's a famous phrase about Abraham Lincoln's name, but that book is like right. that. And so I feel like we've had this conversation already about that title. But I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not sure. They don't usually reuse titles. Not usually, no. That are that. You know, I mean, if it's like a one or two word title. Well, like, right, right. That can't be helped. But, but something that distinct, you're right, usually is yeah. not. I don't recycled. know why. What else would have been called that? So, so maybe maybe I'm making some, thinking of something else. I don't know. I'm just not or maybe sure. Maybe it's a different comic. Possible. Maybe. Maybe I was trying different. to remember if this was this, this was the evil girl from that stupid Secret Wars two Fantastic Four story, but I can't remember. Oh yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember her name was Malice or Malign or I don't I don't know. I, I don't think it was Malice. But okay. Well, Malice in this case is a Marauder. Yeah, she's joined the Marauders now. Yeah. All right, well, do you want to know what happens in this comic? Do you want me to tell no, you? Not particularly. No? All right, oh. All right, Uncanny X-Men 215. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I wrote right. a lot of good, I wrote a lot, some, I wrote a few good comments, so let's, okay. uh, well, let's, uh, let's run through this, uh, this plot real fast. So there is... Plot. What? <laughs> Air quotes? Bigger quotes, this plot. <laughs> Yeah, right. So there's some uh, BS concert and Dazzler stuff. She has malice. Back at the X-Mansion, the X-Men discover they can't fix Cerebro from Sabretooth's attack. They're worried the Marauders will return to finish the job. Wolverine and Callisto fight in the danger room. For real. After the session... (laughs) After the session, Wolverine snicks Psylocke to test her question mark uh lila uh cheney right dick cheney's grandmother um calls the x-men for help with dazzler the x-men go to dallas texas what what yeah to see dazzler's concert and warn her about the marauders but dazzler attacks the x-men malice jumps into wolverine we know because he's now wearing her necklace no, really. Malice is a necklace. Yep. That's really in the story. That happened. So, Wolverine attacks, but Dazzler KOs him. Boo. Malice jumps to Rogue, who attacks... What did I write there? Rogue attacks the cops. Oh, yeah. Cops. That's what that says. Yeah. So, Malice <laughs> jumps to Rogue, who attacks the cops. Psylocke uh, can defeat Malice, but not in Rogue. So Storm will be bait to get possessed. She'll be Malice bait. <laughs> but Storm's willpower defeats Malice on her own. The X-Men make the news as terrorists. Dazzler joins the X-Men. 
Wolverine attacks Storm because she smelled bad. But (laughs) But Psylocke says she's queen. The X-Men now have trust issues. uh, Much to Malice's joy. Who is now uh, in a policeman. There you go. Yep. So, um... I like... you have anything on the first few pages in the concert and all that jazz you want to mention? Well, the one thing I was going to say is that didn't this already happen? Like three issues ago. Are you providing the soundtrack for the concert? With a concert where Dazzler says she's sick of hiding and being this person. And then she'll remember she turns herself into full-on Dazzler with the blonde hair again. Yes, right. That was during the mutant massacre. That was one of the. Yeah. That was one of the only parts that wasn't good. And so, is this going back to tell us again what happened? No, I she... think she turned blonde. She went Go back, back blonde, but she hasn't done anything with her power yet. But she's back to being dark-headed here. Oh. On the keyboards. She's oh, that's back true. To the char- that's true. <clears throat> the blonde's only in the mirror. Yeah. Well, that's malice. Yeah. Right. Oh no, I guess it's hers. Yeah, I got it. Never mind. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, I, so I don't know if it's if it's saying that she she decided that, but then decided to go back to being this lady, and is just going to become increasingly uncomfortable. But in that other one, it felt like a real like I'm done with this. I'm now on my own show. Right. So I thought that was weird. Yeah. Well, either way, she takes over and she says, "This is my concert now." And I like that. In this, in the little uh, description about the uh, lead singer, what's her name, Lila? Lila, Lila Cheney. Is that it says she's rude and she's a rebel. (laughs) 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 Rude, rudeness is the 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 big thing here. (laughs) Yeah, she's not polite. (laughs) I basically equate her to the Billy Idol of the uh, X Men universe. I'm talking because I have a stiff upper lip. She's like the complete sellout version of pop punk. Right. Like, I'm I'm rude. Right. But no no other sensibility of punk except (laughs) that she's just rude. I wore a tie and a t-shirt like Avril Lavigne. Yeah. She's punky, right? Yeah. There you go. Punky and spunky. So that was weird. And then I also loved the phrase Jimmy on a crutch. Oh, is that in this scene? Yeah, I don't exactly know what it means. Other than just it's just a generic exclamation, right? But I thought it was very funny. I do like the guitarist is wearing a full duster. Oh yeah, and it's like purple. (laughs) Yeah, he's full on David Bowie. Oh yeah, yeah he is. It's pretty funny. Uh, But yes, that's it. Well, I like when we go back to the school that they describe Sabretooth as the toughest, meanest cuss. Yeah. Thought that was pretty cool. Then of course we have our fight in the danger room where they're they're not really sparring, they're really going at it. Hold on, before we get to that, okay. I don't understand I don't quite understand this exchange between Storm and Rogue. Where they're talking about what happened, so I looks like I made a mistake. Storm says, Next time be more careful and then somebody says, We drove the <laughs> wait, wait, in, in honor of Thanksgiving, Rogue says, yeah. we, we drove that, that turkey, turkey away, home. boss. But you can bet it'll be back. Probably the rest of Rodders finish. We in any shape to tackle them. And then Storm says no. 
And then Rogue says, cute. I need some air. I don't really understand what she means by cute. I guess just like... Like real cute, Storm, real good. That's great. great. Yeah. It was a weird... It just seemed like a weird expression. It's a southernism. Right? I, I never heard... I never heard... <laughs> you never heard anybody say, that's real cute. I guess I have, but not in this context. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We're just trying to show that everybody's on edge. That's that's the theme of this issue. Is that everybody's on edge after the mutant massacre, which that part makes sense. It's about yeah. the only thing in this issue that that makes you feel like you're you're that the mutant massacre just happened. That the mutant massacre just happened. Um, Maybe it's Chris Claremont's trying out sarcasm. <laughs> Gonna take it for a test drive. Yeah, a little, yeah. Little quick, little quick, little sarcastic jab. See how it feels. <laughs> yeah. So I like that uh, Wolverine still smokes after a fight. Yeah. Like he just got laid. I like that too. But Psycho Blaster, that's not a power. That's an eighties no. rap name. Yeah, that was a stupid, stupid name. <laughs> for for a power. Yeah. But an awesome name for. Some kind of uh, for anybody with a boombox. Psycho blaster, yeah. It seems like that would be yeah. There you go, or some kind of um, electronica rap crossover or something. Right. Uh, electronica, that's too dance, too dancey. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, Dallas, Texas. Oh, cool name, but not for a power. Right. So Dallas, Texas. So Big D. In the X X Men back to Dallas. So I gotta ask you something. Okay. We we both we're both Dallas born and raised. Yep. You ever heard of Jay Romes? No. But I was thinking about it. I said, I've never heard of this place. But then I looked at the the explanation of who goes there. I'm not chic. I'm not a glitterati. I'm not rich. <laughs> I'm not stylish. I'm a little jaded, but I don't know what trendoids. Oh, trendy, I guess, jaded. I'm not trend, really trendy. Um, and I've never been on the prowl for thrills with money to burn. So this is a place I would never go to. So it may well exist. It's <laughs> well, not my world. <laughs> I thought maybe it was something that existed like in the 70s, early 80s. Like it was a yeah. disco club or something that just was I defunct. Maybe, I couldn't I find any uh, digital evidence of it. Yeah. So. Uh, I guarantee they just straight up made that up. Yeah, I wonder why. They, but they always like to use real places to show that they know that they know our towns, right? That's like Claremont's always really a stickler on like name dropping like legit locations whenever he takes the X Men to different cities. So I thought maybe. it was kind of weird that he just randomly made a place up here. Well, maybe he um, has never been to Dallas. I just googled J Rome's Dallas. I did too, and it wants me to do Jayabam or Jayaram. Uh, yeah, but I got the first two are J Rams donuts, and then it's two one two uh, posts about this comic book. <laughs> it's the next two. Oh, people. really? Well, that's yeah. more than I got. It wouldn't even recognize that I was doing a legit uh, query. It yeah. was like, no, no thanks. Showing results for a J A Rams Dallas, which is some oh, radio show that's, or that's something. That's a real thing. Yeah, but anyway. So, so the X Men come back to Dallas for a crappy story. Uh, let's see. 
I do like, so one of the few things I like here is that Malice picks Wolverine because she recognizes he's the most badass X-Man. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a weapon, pick him. So that was no. pretty cool. Although it doesn't make up for the thing that I hated the most about this comic is one that something called a dazzle blast exists. <laughs> and two, that it knocked Wolverine down. Yeah. Wolverine was taken down by a dazzle blast. I won't accept yeah. that. You know what I would love to see? You know, because we have there's a lot of snark in modern comic writers, and of course, yeah. it's too late now because Wolverine's dead. I would have loved for that to like come back and like someone be like, "Hey, didn't you get dazzle blasted that time?" And Wolverine like face palms himself, <laughs> like, give really me funny. a beer or a whiskey or whatever. So that yeah. that that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Because this is pretty terrible. So that was pretty upset, pretty upsetting that Wolverine would get knocked down by any. I mean, especially anything related to Dazzler. Right. No, it really annoys me that. No, like no, no, Dazzler's she's cool. Like she can hold her own with the X Men. No. Now, who is it? Who in comics is convinced that Dazzler needs to be this powerful character? I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, it's 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 dumb. I mean, I know they they put like money into it or whatever for that failed movie and record and whatever that they were supposed to do. But still, it failed. Leave it alone. <laughs> well, and it's like, okay, you want to have the character fine, but why does she have to be so powerful? Why do they keep having to make her super powerful? Because she's a laser light show. I know. It was even like in Secret Wars. Remember, he was like, I recognize your power. Yeah. You're the most powerful. It's like, no, she has the light show. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. No, it's pretty dumb. Um, Whatever. I'm done with this comic. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So a couple other things. I don't really like Malice at all, but the art, the three panels of her taking over Storm is kind of cool looking. Yeah, that's not a bad one. The way like her form kind of shifts into short Storm shape as she kind of melts yeah. into her body. It's pretty, not too bad. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. And then a few pages later... We get a pretty awesome snick panel where where Wolverine attacks Storm because she smells funny. Yeah. And he grabs her by the mohawk and she yells his name real loud in black and red letters and Wolverine pops his claws. Yeah, that's uh, a really good panel. It's a pretty sweet panel. Probably the best panel of the book, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. And that's pretty much all I got. So I thought the art was um, mostly good. There was nothing that's really... Okay. I thought a lot of the faces are kind of weird. Okay. Something off about a lot of the faces, like the way the eyes are crooked or like the nose or, you know, things are just not like they're not they're supposed to be. Okay. Fair enough. Storm looks like a cancer patient. I don't know. It's, I, I, it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it very much. Okay. Um, so as far as the story, Dazzler's dumb. Malice is dumb. Um, some of the X-Men character moments are good, but some not so much. To me, it was just such a huge, like, we just finished Mutant Massacre, and then we get this. And it was just a huge letdown. I just felt like it was straight up boring. Yeah. Even the couple of good moments with some of the X-Characters 
were okay, but even they were still just kind of boring. It just wasn't an interesting comic. Right. Because even like, well, I don't like these characters, but something cool is happening. No. It's, you know, characters I don't care about and a story that is seems irrelevant and is not very interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's not great. Um, the last page, kind of the, the X-Men, their unity kind of in peril was yeah. interesting. I mean, that that part kind of made sense. But other than that, yeah, wasn't really a fan. So, all right, well, what do you want to grade Uncanny X-Men 214? Um, I'm going to say I'm struggling between a 1 and a 2. I feel like 1 is too harsh. I think I'll just say 2. Okay. I will also go 2 out of 6 claws. And then prob- I didn't hate it. I was just kind of bored. Yeah, it was pretty boring and pretty dumb. So, yeah. yeah. So, two out of six claws all around. So, that's going to take us to Uncanny X-Men 215. 215. Are you going to sing your whole synopsis, please? I should. Okay. Right, so, this is Old Soldiers. Which I just, because of the Dazzler in the 80s, it just made me sing Toy Soldiers into my, in my head over and over again. <laughs> It made me sing, soldiers, soldiers, <laughs> under command. It's tough, man. Yep, I still remember that. Okay, so 2.15. Google it, people. Google it. Look for YouTube. Actually, you know what? Bing it. Bing Let's it. See what Just see what happens. <laughs> Give it a bang. <laughs> Or play that part back and Shazam me singing it. <laughs> See what you uh, get. Shazam. <laughs> okay, All I'm right. looking at the credits. I can't seem to find them for some From reason. From page five. You get you get a little intro before you get to the opening credits. Oh, oh, they're there. They're in white. I just thought that was a bubble. Oh. Old Soldiers. We have Chris Claremont, writer. Alan Davis, guest penciler. Dan Green, inker. Tom Wozachowski, letterer. Glennis Oliver, colorist. And we go from there. So, cover. Eh. All right, it's by Alan Davis, and it's Storm fighting these old, new old guys. We have Stonewall, Super Saber, and Crimson Commando. Um, I think this cover. All right, so I, I've, we've kind of disagreed on Alan Davis in the past. With me liking him more than you. Yeah. This cover's terrible. It's not good. I do... He does a good job of, of emphasizing kind of the oldness of those characters, which they're supposed to be. Right. And on the inside of the comic, they don't look like this. They look tougher. Yeah. They don't look so decrepit and <laughs> weird. And then the orange background is not nice. No. I, I will say, look- I, I looked at this cover, and it made me dread reading the issue. Yeah. Like, just, oh, boy, we're in for some suck. I'll see where this is going. <laughs> okay, so, uh, cover no good. All right, so we open up with an airplane. San Francisco on the runway, or landing, I mean. Catches on fire, starts blowing up. Out of the fire walks Madeline Pryor. That <laughs> Did you mean for that to rhyme? Uh, I, as soon as I realized it in my head, I leaned in. All right, good deal. Um, and then paramedics pick her up. 
but then turns out the paramedics are the marauders, and now we're in the present time. The marauders are trying to hunt her to get to Scott and her child. Scalp hunter shoots her. Turns out it was a dream, kind of. Maybe, maybe. yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yes, maybe, kind of. <laughs> so, old soldiers, toy soldiers. So we go up to the X-Mansion, and oh, by the way, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Kitty are still in coma slash stasis, un- stasis units. Okay. Which we had a whole issue where no one seemed to notice while they're messing with Dazzler. <laughs> like, oh yeah, by the way, these major characters are still possibly about to die. Right. And we're in Dallas warning a terrible character. <laughs> yeah. So they pack them up. They're going to ship, ship them off to Moira's lab. Uh, Longshot and Dazzler are there now. Um, and they're Storm's really debating whether she wants to accept Longshot. And she also says she doesn't trust Dazzler. She's really kind of struggling with whether or not to just adapt, just accept them into the team. So they all get on the plane and fly away. Longshot doesn't really want to, but Storm convinces him. So they all leave. Uh, Storm then says to Wolverine, I got some stuff upstate to take care of. So so Storm and Wolverine stay behind. Yeah, they stay behind. And they decide to go take care of some business upstate. So then we... Cut to Lady in a Coma. She comes out of the coma. It's Madeline Pryor. Now we go back to Wolverine and Storm in the car. Wolverine is having an existential (laughs) crisis about his brief moment of sense confusion, which now he doesn't know if he can trust anyone, if he can't trust his senses. Who is he and where is he and what does it all mean? Very powerful, moving uh, stuff. So they get to an explosion site. Turns out it is Sarah Gray's daughter, sister of Jean Gray. Her house is blown up. Storm thinks of Forge. Maybe she needs to warn him him about the Marauders, but she still hasn't forgiven him, and so she has a little inner monologue about whether or not she should do that. Right. In the wreckage, Wolverine smells that Sarah and her kids were not killed, but he also smells Scott and Jean, and so he punches Storm in the face and runs... (laughs) (laughs) so much now we jump to the airplane back to the x-jet and kitty phases into the car uh into the cabin it starts creeping on long shot (laughs) all we're missing is a pottery wheel yeah right actually starts to kiss long shot while he's asleep but then he wakes up and thinks he sees death in her future she goes back to her cabin Now we go back to Storm, who, after Wolverine punched her in the face, has been picked up and put in some kind of prison. But luckily she has her handy-dandy lock kit. Yay! She gets out real quick, sees some weird-looking kid also chained up, decides to snoop around anyway. Turns out she's in some weird big-game hunter's cabin that also has not not only a bunch of big-game animals, but also... Um, like Nazi stuff, like soldier hunter type stuff. And some samurai swords, and some cannons, a whole bunch of cool stuff. So as she's looking, the... Not Super Saber. The red one, what's he called? Crimson Commando. Crimson Commando, yeah. Crimson Commando grabs her as she's looking at the Stonewall and uh, Super Saber. Super Saber, Super Saber, Super Saber. Um, and then... 
she tries to fight him, but they kind of catch her. It turns out they're all superpowers. We get this very long-winded story about how they were World War II soldiers that fought in the war, uh, but they got decommissioned after the war because they wanted to start World War III in the Cold War, and the government didn't want to do that. Uh, and so they sent them packing. They retired. Then when they got old and started worrying about these damn kids shaking their fist in the air, decided to come out of the come out of the gate as vigilantes slash culture warriors and fight drugs and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff. And so now they grab criminals and they do a and they do a uh, manhunt thing in the woods. Yes. Which I think by eighties is already kind of a trope, but they do it anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they thought Storm started the fire and so they put her in the manhunt too. And so Storm and this punk teenager that turns out to be some rich brat that sold drugs are going to have to run for their life while Crimson Commando, Super Saber, and Stonewall basically are going to hunt them down and kill them. And then Storm puts on a green sweater for some reason. (laughs) Or takes off her green sweater, I mean. I don't know why she had a green sweater on or why she takes it off. It's very unclear. Yeah. And then they head out in the woods. And that's pretty much it. All right. So for the actual X-Men part of this story... I like the idea of them moving the wounded to Muir Isle. I do too. It's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It's an interesting development. I don't like Longshot or Dazzler, but well, I do. I did kind of like Storm struggling with what to do with them. Well, there's in, on page six, the bottom row of panels, the middle panel of Dazzler and Longshot walking through the hall in their costumes. Yeah. That panel sums up everything I feel about this book. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. It's like, I hate that. All right, that's all we need to know. Yep, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't mind the, the the struggle thing, but but yeah, uh, Wolverine, the, the Wolverine's taking the census thing so hard. Yeah, well, before we get to that, I, I did it, like uh, Rogue in the cockpit when they're leaving. They're like yeah. wondering why Storm and Wolverine are staying behind because she recognizes that of the X-Men left, like those two are the core. Right. And they decide, well, they have to stay here and figure out how to like keep the X-Men going. So I, I really enjoyed that, particularly as two of my favorite characters. Yeah. I, right. I just, I, I appreciated that. So I also really like the uh, the panel of Wolverine kind of crouching on the cliff with a black yeah, bird a like taken off behind him. Yeah. But the other interesting thing about this page, though, is in the past, Wolverine's cow has always been cloth. Like, it folds yeah. back. Be- like when he takes it off, it like falls back behind his head. Yeah. And here it's like a molded helmet. Like you see it on the ground, like fully shaped. And he picks it up and it maintains the shape. I don't think we get that very often, if ever. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I it probably know. actually makes more sense, but it's just not what we normally see. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and speaking of Wolverine, I'm never giving him a ride anywhere. I know, right? Jeez, can <laughs> the, smoke can the, the inside of that car be any smokier? <laughs> It's really funny. It doesn't seem to bother Storm any, though. No, she's just cruising along. No well, big she deal. Doesn't, 
pretty mad eyes all than all those panels. <laughs> That's true. She is giving him the stink eye. I, I kind of have a problem with almost all of the eyes in this. Something about the way he draws eyes, I don't like very much. Except for the scared eyes. The scared eyes are good. <laughs> Panel but a lot of the other one are... Where he realizes he's smelling Gene, and he gets yeah. all wide-eyed and the cigarette falls out of his mouth. That's classic. Yeah. Not necessarily in a good way, but classic. Right, right. But, like, Storm's eyebrows go almost straight up. Yeah, but that's... She, that's been going on with her for a while. That's not yeah, just how I don't it know. is. It just feels way more exaggerated. I don't know. Anyway. Keep going. Not Gene! What does it I don't even think that makes any sense. I mean, I, I like the idea of Wolverine being really scared, or not scared, but really like shocked and kind of out of his mind even a little bit. But why would he throw his arm backwards into a punching motion like that? It doesn't really make sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that this like sets him off. Yeah. Like, yeah, he wants to figure it out. You know, it's a mystery he needs to solve. That's... But why does it, I, yeah, so I, I, and I'm going to kind of go back on what I actually just said. And it also doesn't really make any sense that he would completely lose his mind like that. No, he goes berserker like he's in the middle of a super violent fight and he's lost it's... his cool just because, but he's already smelled I... her. That's the thing. He smelled her in the sewers and. Yeah, but, but he, yeah, because, and, and he thought it was her because he said, yeah. no, not her, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so he thought it was probably her. And he got, you know, confused and upset a little. But, right. Upset know, is good. Berserker, berserker for that is not good. So much so that he would just rant for no reason at all, punch Storm in the face. Yeah, and run off. Because she's behind. Oh, I guess because she reaches out to grab him. Well, yeah, she surprises him. Fine. But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> and why one punch would knock her out so long... That some could someone could randomly find her and then put hey. her in. You ever had an adamantium backhand? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Still. That would knock you out. Now, kitty kissing, kitty ki- kissing long shot. Oh my goodness, Alan Davis's long shot looks terrible. Looks I mean, so- long shot looks terrible anyway because he's got the stupid blonde mullet. Right. But he looks like, because. In the annual he was in, yeah, like all the girls were fawning over him, like he's a super yeah. sexy dreamboat. He looks so ugly in these comics. Yeah, I think he looks like the bad guy from Karate Kid for the first <laughs> one. So what's that guy's name? The blonde guy, Johnny. Huh? Johnny. Johnny, yeah. Yeah. I think he looks like that guy. <laughs> You're the best around. That's really funny. Sweep the leg, long shot. Sweep the leg, yeah. So does he have mental powers? I really don't know what his powers are. I thought he was just lucky. Like I thought he just had good luck powers. I thought so stupid. too, but isn't that also Domino's power? Yes. Or she's just lucky. Yeah, but she's I not. But she's not as too. dumb as long shot. <laughs> well, no, she's actually kind of a cool character. But he, yeah, I, I don't... I don't I remember guess, this, like, seeing the future thing at all. Yeah, I don't know if this is, like, just a random thing. 
if it has to do with Kitty being in the phase state or if it's a power they were trying out with him and then just did never do again. Or maybe did and I just never noticed because I never cared about Longshot any. That is very possible. And the only thing I really like about the fight is that Super Saber's punch has a name like a video game. Yeah. And he like announces that. it. He's like, he says, I'm one of the fastest <laughs> men alive. And this is my Mach 1 punch. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was really funny too. Especially before I read the next panel, when it really looked like he was just demonstrating how fast he could punch. Right. Because in the second panel, you see, well, he's doing something with that. But <laughs> he's just like, look how fast I can punch. <laughs> yes. That's really that funny. Great. And of course, the air pressure. Although I don't know that that's even the right word, air pressure. Yeah. Well, air know. velocity, yeah. I guess. I'm not sure. I mean, how's he, he's not creating pressure. He's just pushing air quickly. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. But the, also, the panel of uh, Storm punching or trying to punch Super Saber, but he moves and she, he's she's like punching through his silhouette because he's so fast. That's a pretty cool little visual yeah. trick. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of little cool things. but So they're talking about all the bad stuff. They talk about sex, drugs, and disease. I'm yeah. Like, hmm, I thought it was rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Thought that made the trifecta. Though disease is probably more, uh, more real life. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I sex, that, drugs, and lots of disease. <laughs> since it's 1987, I assume they're talking about AIDS. Probably. Yeah. I. It's weird because I, on the one hand. I kind of like the way these guys are drawn because they're supposed to be kind of outdated and old and cheesy. And so I kind of like it, especially the panel in the really, really long monologue. Oh my get, goodness. But they're all three, just, you just see their faces. Right. I thought that was a really cool panel. Yeah, it's not bad. Even, I mean, they're lame, but they're supposed to be lame. And so it's okay. And they look old and worn out. We kind of like that. But they're still dumb. Yep. But they're supposed to be dumb, and so I can't quite decide how I feel about it. (laughs) Oh, I know how I feel about it. (laughs) All right, what did you think of the art overall in this issue? Um, It's pretty good. There's a few things here and there about faces. I mean, uh, eyes that I don't like. But overall, I think it's better than the previous before okay. that was okay yeah nothing yeah. amazing but yeah so as far as the story I like the Marauder holdover a little bit that we have at the beginning with, yeah. the, with them tracking down Madeline Pryor and like I said I like them you know moving the this injured X-Men man I, I really really hate the uber patriotic most dangerous game like, I hate that a lot. Yeah, it's too, it's, like I said, it's already, by this point, it's already a trope, and especially now, it's, yeah. it's a major trope. Right, and all this, like, I don't know, just, oh, you don't buy American cars? Let's hunt them down. <laughs> well, it's so random. It's like, why do these guys find Storm? What is this? This is such a random story. Yeah. That has so little meaning. I agree. Even as we continue into the next issue, there's yeah. there's ultimately still I don't know, 
there's no meaning to this. It's just a really random, some guy was like, hey, some guy just watched Dangerous Game and he's like, oh, we should do something like this. Yeah. Uh, was the Ice-T movie? What was that one called? Isn't it the most dangerous game? No, Ice-T made one that was like a... Oh, and The Hunter? Oh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I miss? What's that? I miss Paul F. Tompkins' Ice-T. I do too. He hasn't done it in a long time. Long time. I haven't heard that in a long time. I miss that. Me too. Yeah, so... <laughs> what do you want to grade on Kenny X-Men 215? Um, I actually didn't mind it as much as the previous one. Really? Okay, I went down. So if you want to go up, go for it. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to... You're going to hold? You're going to hold it at two? I'm going to hold it at two because I was kind of one to two on the first one, this one, I think. because, And I think part of it is because they're supposed to be dumb... Aren't they? I think so. See, I think I think we're supposed to not like them, and Claremont's supposed to tell us. See, here, here's here's what I don't like. I agree they're supposed to be dumb, and in the way that like we're supposed to go, oh, it's really dumb to think like that. Yeah. But I think Claremont believes that he's telling us an important story, and that's why I hate it. And it's not that what he has to say is not important, because I agree. That people that think like this are dumb, and we should think they're dumb. Like I agree with that part. Like his point is not bad, but the way he tells the story is so terrible. To to give it the to feel like it's supposed to have impact is kind of what makes me hate it so much. Yeah, that's a good point. But, and, and I, but that's just me, though. I mean, and I think when I say these guys are dumb, I, I mean, I guess I think I mean more silly. Yeah, that they're supposed to be cheesy because they're supposed to be old. Right. But I think you're right. I, they, they they are dumb, but I don't know that Chris Claremont thinks they're dumb. I think he thinks they're bad, right? And so in a very uh, on-the-nose way, he's going to kind of show us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I guess because I didn't mind the action quite as much. That's fair enough. And I thought... Kitty kissing Longshot, creeping on Longshot. I thought that was funny. Like, not funny, like, good job, Claremont funny, but, like, this is so ridiculous. So I I was amused by that. Anyway, I'm going to stick with two, which is in sight of all that. But I'm going to stick with two because I didn't didn't mind it as much, but I still didn't like it very much. Sounds good. Well, I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men 215 one out of six claws. I will probably never read it again. (laughs) Probably not. All right, well, let's wrap up this trifecta of awesome with uh, Uncanny X-Men 216. 216. This is Crucible. One of my favorite plays, by the way. Good play. Yeah. Written by Chris Claremont, uh, Jackson Geis, and Dan Green do the art. Glennis Oliver does the colors. Tom Orzakowski does the letters. And we have another Barry Windsor Smith cover. This one, um, I like it. I think it's really cool. I agree. I really like the color work on it. I like Wolverine on it. Like, he looks cool. Even Crimson Commando looks okay, though he looks like Magneto. I was going to say, do you think that he deliberately made him look like Magneto so that people would buy this comic? It fooled me. Yep. 
I mean, if I wouldn't have just read the previous story, like if I just saw this, like just scanning, I would be like, oh, Storm's about to stab Magneto. Yeah, well, because look at his eyes. He's got the yeah. little white eyes that they give Magneto sometimes. Right. But Crimson Commando didn't have in the last issue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I don't, I don't think he has it in this issue either. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, I don't know. Uh, Storm has super oh, no, cat eyes in this issue. He doesn't have it in this one. Never mind. All right, well, how, you may be asking yourself, how does the story end? Well, gotta know. Readers want to know. Yeah. Well, so uh, it, it, this one begins with Wolverine kind of inexplicably running through the woods like a wild man yeah. and, and getting hit by a van. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, feel like that's a panel that should be way cooler than it is. The first panel or the panel yeah, of him getting hit? the first panel. We'll come back to that. Yeah. So obviously, when you get hit by a van, you run off and howl. Yeah. Ooh! Storm and the punk girl do more dangerous game stuff. The X-Men arrive with their wounded at Muir Isle. Uh, back in America, the hunters argue over Storm. Well, she's not really guilty. Should we just call off the hunt? No, we started it. We got to finish it. Uh, whatever. Um, Storm surprises the speedster. But the girl knocks some rocks on them. <laughs> Just buries them under a pile of rocks with a little avalanche. The punky girl runs into the people who hit Wolverine trying to fix their... Oh, I think it's a van. I think it's a truck. Anyway, she murders them and steals their wheels. Wolverine circles back to find the dead couple and is very distressed. Kind of feels responsible. But the girl driving the stolen truck breaks down. Storm and the hunters find her. Storm takes out the hunters, but they kill the girl when she turns on Storm again. Crimson Commando goes after Storm to finish the hunt, but Wolverine intervenes. Storm gets the best of Commando and tells them to turn themselves in or else. So they do. They turn themselves in. Uh, Storm and Wolby in the issue by waxing philosophical. Yeah, so back to page one. Full page spread of Wolverine is looking really cool. Is almost a great panel. Yeah, I, I feel like it should be a great panel. Yeah, it's but you have floppy boots, which is not a good thing. Floppy boots. And his legs look weird. They're really big and really spread apart. Yes, and he has a giant crotch. Which, it's like a little cod piece or whatever. <laughs> and it's weird that his his claws are popped, but then his hands are open. Well, we've seen that before. I know, but it just looks... I mean, the way it's drawn here, it looks weird. Oh, like, right. It looks like he's not... He didn't intentionally pop his claws, I guess that's what I mean. But it's a great a face. face. That, he's got a face that says, bah, and hands that say, what are we doing? <laughs> Yes. I think the face looks great, though. Yeah, it's good. So moving on to page three, after when Wolverine runs off, I thought that whole page looked great. Still yeah, not a big good. fan. The boots are still a little floppy, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I thought I him running and howling and falling was just a really, really great sequence. Yeah. Like we, like we talked about before, I really don't like Wolverine losing his shit over smelling Gene. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, here what I wrote here: um, when he smelled her in the tunnels, he was appro- he was appropriately shocked and confused. 
but was able to carry on his mission. And I felt like that was a better response. Yeah, I agree. thought the last panel on page five was pretty cool. The little red moon behind Storm Silhouette when they're setting up the little tripwire. Well, the Japanese flag. It's cool looking. Yeah, yeah. I thought the uh, arrival on Muir Island also looked really cool. It's a really great color work by Oliver. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of of them arriving on Muir Island is, of course, only the X-Men have a maneuver for deboarding a plane. <laughs> I know, that was really funny. And they called it Strike Maneuver. Right. Well, you know, if you're going to get off a plane, do it aggressively, right? That's right. Do it in style. Yeah. And Storm kicks a bunch of rocks for some reason. Rogue. I mean, Rogue. Yeah, she's throwing a fit. I thought the the girl that they they pick up was ridiculously sociopathic. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was like a weird, it wasn't like, I don't know. It's like they didn't even want to have there be any ounce of badness about her. But it's like the point of, of Chris Claremont from what we're, what we're taking from it, I think. The point of what Chris Claremont was doing was trying to show that these hunters were bad. Right. But then they picked a character that kind of needed to be killed. <laughs> she deserved her fate. To show that, right? And right. so it's like, I mean, I get, yeah, Rogue too, but then why not just have, well, it's just the misunderstood kid in there. Right. It's well, like, even no, a character that, okay, maybe she was mixed up with some bad stuff. Right. But we do with something, that, some way that we sympathize with her. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this character is completely unsympathetic. She's you know, like, I nope, do just kill, kill her. And then she just straight up murders random people for no real reason. She could have just taken that car and go. There was really no reason to murder them. Right. And so it was weird that it was a weird uh, mix, mixed messages, I guess, from what, what he's trying to tell with this story. Yeah, I agree. I do like going back to the, the carjacking. Uh, the panel of the silhouette of Wolverine on the rock is cool. Yeah. And then the gunshot off panel where Wolverine's like, kind of gets kind of shocked back to reality. Yeah. How the blam forms the top of that panel is cool. We get a nice snicked. And then my other favorite part is on page 19 where uh, Wolverine comes to rescue them from Crimson Commando. And he's on that rock. And his knees are behind his shoulders, kind of. Yeah. And his knee... I've always thought that, like, the design of his boots was made to match his cow. But here in this panel, he looks like a three-headed monster. Yeah, he does. And his legs are really big. Yeah, man. Really giant thighs for uh, uh, calves. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, that, that's another panel that should be great. Right. But just, just doesn't quite get there. Weird. Yeah. All right, well, anything else you want to say before we do overall thoughts? No, no, I don't think so. Right. Well, I thought the art was pretty good, but yeah, just just missed being really good. With yeah, just I some agree weird, with that. some weird proportion stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, so I thought the story was pretty meh. Yeah. Wasn't as bad as the last issue, I didn't think, but I really, the being on the podcast that goes snicked, 
Probably my least favorite part about these stories is that I just really don't like the way Wolverine's handled. Yeah, I agree. And and I normally like Claremont's Wolverine, but this just didn't just didn't feel right to me. Didn't yeah. ring true. Alright, well, when do you want to grade Uncanny X Men two sixteen? Man, I I think I'm gonna stick with two. Okay, you're gonna go straight twos. I have to just go straight through, but to me, I I, I actually like the second one a little more than this one because I felt like the few things that I thought made the second one not terrible, I thought they kind of go back on here. And the whole thing with the the girl being such a crazy murderer, I just thought it didn't make sense as a choice. Right. And to have a whole comic where it's just. The, you know, like you said, most dangerous game. Because the whole comic is that. Right. We didn't get the whole comic of that. No, we got two of them. <laughs> it was a two-parter for no why, reason. Why the gunshot is what changes everything. The second gunshot is what stru- knocks it. You know, it's like sets him straight now. Oh, I could have saved these people. Right. I was too busy being crazy. Oh, yeah, got to fix for, it for again. Reason. Right. It just highlighted how weird it was in the second one that he berserkered over that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back up to you. I'm gonna give Uncanny X Men two sixteen two out of six claws. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Let's take a quick break and then come back uh, and talk about some Mephisto. Mephisto. Aren't you excited? Oh yeah. Okay. So we're back for some Mephisto. Wolverine uh, is in the last two issues of a miniseries, uh, the Mephisto versus miniseries. This is a four-issue series where Mephisto versus, um, in issue one, he versus the Fantastic Four. In issue two, he versus X-Factor. In issue three, it's Mephisto versus the X-Men. In issue four, Mephisto versus the Avengers. Um, I don't like Mephisto, <laughs> so you can probably guess how this is going to go, but, um, so Wolverine's in part three and four. Part three is The Devil You Say, <laughs> written by Al Milgram, pencils by John Bashima, inks by Al Milgram, letters by Rick Parker, colors by George Rusis. The cover is also by John Bashima. Meh. It's uh, Mephisto uh, forcing himself on Rogue and making out with her. And then the X-Men objecting violently in the background. And Wolverine kind of looks cool. He's like jumping at Mephisto. So it's not bad. Right. So basically, here's what we got. Uh, Mephisto is out shopping for souls, as he does. He decides that mutant souls are a step up from human souls, so he goes after the X-Men. He makes out with Rogue, intentionally giving her his plan, and she runs from X-Men to X-Men, absorbing her teammate's essence so Mephisto can't. Of course, he's the ultimate deceiver, so once Rogue has collected all of the X-Men, Mephisto collects the whole team from her in a package deal. Just for funsies, he gives Wolverine back his soul, saying it was nothing more than an animal to torment him. 
Alright, so the art is uh, hardly worth commenting on. The story's pretty terrible. Um, there's a couple of gems like... On page 7, guest writers always just um, write Wolverine as a one-dimensional dick. There's a, there's a line where they talk about the plan being a long shot. So that's where long shot comes in. <laughs> Ugh. And Longshot is so worthless that even Mephisto cast him aside. He's like, you have no soul. Get out of here. <laughs> That's funny. But overall, this story is so bad, it's offensive. <laughs> now I'm going to give Mephisto versus the X-Men number three, zero out of six claws. Do not go read this. All right, number four versus the Avengers. This is... His Satanic Majesty Request. Nice. And all the creative team is the same. We have, this again, a cover by John Mishima that is... <laughs> oh, sorry, what? Um, <laughs> no, it's the Avengers running after Mephisto, who is uh, very creepily about to molest Thor. Yeah. So, uh, it turns out Mephisto is really after Thor because Hela, the Norse god of the underworld, is no longer content to rule Norse hell and wants to diversify her soul portfolio, encroaching in Mephisto's power. So, Mephisto and Hela fight over Thor's soul, but of course, his warrior spirit can't be defeated. So, get this, nothing really happens. Sounds about right. Yeah. The only good part about this book that still won't earn in a claw is that when when Mephisto is collecting Thor, he tries to wrap him in mystic mylar, which (laughs) made me think of the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So the art is pedestrian at best. The story is pointless and boring. (laughs) (laughs) And a complete waste of time. So, it will also get zero out of six claws. Ouch. So, overall, the first half of year 13 for Wolverine, not great. It's not his fault. It's just bad stories. Yeah, just crummy. Yeah, just just a crummy time. Not interesting, especially in the wake of what came before. Right? That makes it even worse. That would be a huge letdown for a good... Three months, four months. Yeah. As a as a real time Wolverine fan, or even just X Men fan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Been pretty, pretty sucky. Five pretty months. abysmal. Yeah. 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 Well, ready to wrap up. Yep. The question is, will it get better? We'll have to wait and see. I have to wait and see. Tune in yeah. next week. I I don't remember to be honest when it, I know. I mean, it does get better, but I don't remember when. Obviously. So I don't know how much longer we're going to be in suck land. But, uh, I did look at 217. I don't remember what it is. So we'll find out. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's bring it on home. Okay. So that's going to do it for Wolverine Year 13 Part 1. It was pretty terrible, but we, we tried our best to not make the episode terrible. So <laughs> we'll see how we, how we succeed or don't succeed in that endeavor. But, um. It was fun. I had fun kind of just pooping yeah, all over these comics. It's fun to uh, read a couple shitty comics every now and then and, yeah. and not feel bad about just 
saying they're stupid. Right. Now, I kind of wish we could have had a Triumph the Insult Dog as one of our co-hosts this, this week. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> well, um, thanks for coming on. Cameron, you got anything you want to want to plug or pitch? Got any ideas you want to uh, pitch? No, no I, don't, I don't have anything. I think I'm going to plug the... Uh, Someone went on. Someone took a bunch of Chipmunk songs and slowed <laughs> them down. It's on SoundCloud. I think AV Club put an article about yeah. it, and it's really interesting. It's it's actually kind of great. It is. Um, it's, it's, I would listen to it. I mean, you can you can tell that the singers aren't great, right? And so that's kind of the the downside is that the singing is kind of a little bit off key and a little little all over the place because of the way it was made, but. But the, there's something really uh, haunting about yeah. the music that, that I found really compelling. Yeah, I mean it's the songs that you know and love that, that the chipmunks sing, but yeah, like '80s, you know, '80s hits mostly. Yeah. So I'm gonna plug that. Yeah, go go. You can find it. It'd be easy to find. Yeah, um, it's on, I, I think I tweeted it. So if you follow me at Cameron Sinclair, it's on there somewhere. There you go. There's a plug. There you go. I recognize so, that plug. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. All right. Well, um, as usual, uh, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Snickcast. Um, the web page with show notes and stuff is snickcast.podbean.com. And that's pretty much it. I don't know what will be next, but um, hopefully it'll be better than this. <laughs> at least content-wise, at least what we're right. reading. The comments um, will be better, hopefully. Yes. So... All right, well, until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. <laughs>